For teenagers in the 2000s, this movie was a staple of your VHS or DVD collection. I'm sexy, I'm cute, I'm popular to boot. I'm bitchin', great hair, the boys all love to stare. I'm wanted, I'm hot, I'm everything you're not. I'm pretty, I'm cool, I dominate the school. Who am I? Just guess. Guys wanna touch my chest, I'm... That's of course Bring It On, the cheerleading... The cheerleading movie would, without fail, be brought out during sleepovers. Everyone knew the chants, everyone knew the one-liners. Now, closer to home, it's serving as inspiration for a new theatre show, Bring It On, swapping out the pom-poms for Polyfest. The story goes behind the scenes into the dramatic world of the world's largest secondary school's Pacific Dance Festival. The show will premiere at Mangari Arts Centre this coming week. And I've got writer, creator, producer, Lecky Jackson-Burke in the studio with me now. Kia ora. Kia ora. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, why did you decide to do a parody of Bring It On, but with Polyfest instead? Where did this idea come from? Um, I'm a Polyfest kid. I grew up doing Polyfest, loved it, uh, spent over 10 years tutoring different groups. Um, and growing up in the 2000s, like Bring It On was so, like, it was our movie, right? It was like, the movie. It was the movie. Like, but so was, like, heaps of other movies. Like, um, you know, all those, like, classic American movies, like Mean Girls, um, Stomp the Yard, all the dance movies were coming Coyote out. Ugly yeah. was another one. Yeah, very dance Honey, like mm. everything was like kind of like fresh. And then when I watched Bring It On randomly, I was like, man, this is just like Polyfest. Like like the cheerleading world is kind of like what we do. The dance prep, all the behind the scenes drama, the uniform drama, the they stole our moves. Um, so there's kind of like a parallel between um, both worlds and we just decided to write a parody of it. And it is when you are in high school, secondary school, it is... You're, it's everything, isn't it? That world when you've got a competition coming up. Oh, total. It is. It consumes you. It, it's. It's. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for like kids in like high school, like the Polyfest is probably like the, one of the biggest events on the high school calendar, and it's it's literally like life or death. Like people go in, they get outside tutors. Tutors fly in from Australia. Oh wow! Like, yeah, it's real. It's real cutthroat. It's really personal. Like some schools, you have to like audition. Like schools like Auckland Girls and um, Manurewa High. Their schools are so big, so they and there's a cap. There's only sixty performers allowed on this on the Samoan stage. So you have to audition, and you got to be the best of the best, like to be on it. So this this show really is an ode to the sort of those early noughties movies. Now some of your cast are Gen Z. Yeah. So I'm guessing they had a bit of homework to do. Right, totally. They didn't get it. They were like, why are you guys all laughing? And we're like, <laughs> oh, you guys don't get it because you're Gen Z. And then I'm like, remember the scene and bring it on where they're like, and then they're like, what? So I'm like, okay, homework, everyone has to go watch this movie. Yeah. And then you'll get it. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Like, this is so cool. And I just think they don't make movies like that anymore. You know, they like classics that you can rewatch mm. over and over again. Mm. Um, so yeah, our Gen Z babies had a bit of homework to do. <laughs> it's the premiere of the show, Bring It On, but this will also double as the launch of your new arts company, mm-hmm. Strictly Brown. So what is your, why did you want to start a company? What's your hope there? Um, I got bored in my job and I was like, I can't do this. I want to quit. And um, <laughs> I was a high school teacher and I, um, my friend Salu, who I worked with um, at the time, we both um, felt 
overwhelmed in our jobs and i was like man why are we so overworked and underpaid and like why do we hate this um we obviously love the kids like our kids the kids were our passion and our life and our heart but um we just we couldn't do the school system and we we're just like we need to we need to do what we're passionate about and follow our dreams so we we opened a blank google doc and then we wrote the word manifest on it and this and then we call this the manifest document and we put on everything we wanted to do we're like i want to do a show next year i want to do a tour i want to do this and that um, and we manifested it in April last year, and it's it's coming true. So it works, it works. Oh, well, congratulations. That's very exciting. This show is also about, and I, and I suspect this is sort of the ethos of your company. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, by Brown for Brown. Is that correct? Is that right? Yes, but I think also in that it's not exclusively Brown, so mm. we're not trying to say, like, Brown, like, superiority or whatever. It's, it's more just like the way we operate kaupapa-wise is from an Indigenous lens, so we... We steal from all the Pacific cultures. We're like, let's steal this from the Nuans and let's steal this from the Tongans and let's steal this from the Fijians. And that's kind of what guides our approach and our practice and how we um, conduct ourselves in the space and how we operate as a company. Um, So, yeah, we came up with the name Strictly Brown. Um, It's an ode to my former tutors from the Pacific Institute of Performing Arts. They had a show called Strictly Brown back in the early 2000s. And so I asked my tutor, Annabella Politaivao, and I was like, hey, Bells, can I steal the name of the show for our company? And she was like, totally, go for it. And then Salah's like, oh, my gosh, my mum's last name is Brown. Like, it all fits. Like, it, it works. And my favorite color is Brown. So it's multiple. Yeah, it, just, it just works. It's levels. Yeah. Universe. <laughs> you mentioned before, you know, the idea of sort of stealing from all these different cultures and taking inspiration. In your other projects, you've also talked about living in a pan-Pacific world here in Tamaki Makoto. Mm-hmm. And that it can be a bit of a challenge sometimes trying to keep all those cultural sides of you going while trying to totally. be a Kiwi and assimilate and all that sort of thing. Do you still feel that way do, do, now? Do you? How do you reflect on that now? Um, I think not so much now, now that I'm an adult and I've got a um, a few like tools under my uh, tool belt and a few more um, things added to my skill set, I can kind of navigate those worlds properly. But I remember growing up, it was just really confusing. Like I had to go here and then I have to be Tongan and I have to go there and I have to be someone. And then my parents are like, don't speak your language. You need to learn English. And then like, so there's just all this conflict, all these conflicting views and worlds and spaces that I had to kind of like step into and I know that that story will resonate with a lot of different New Zealand born um, Pacific people and not, and even non-Pacific people Asian people and people like migrant children who have come here like if their parents have come from another country we're having to grow up in this country where everyone's not from here like you know what I mean so we're making up our identity as we go and that kind of um, is, that was kind of the biggest challenge for me in high school and so I guess that's why I'm really passionate about um, cultural work and work that kind of Um, provides accessibility to young kids who may not necessarily have access to their culture. So speaking of young kids, because you do a lot of work in that space, you work with a lot of youth, Mm -hmm. do you feel that that is something that they grapple with? Totally. And I've seen that from a first-hand experience. There are um, kids who can't speak their language and are frustrated and are like, I don't feel Tongan enough because I don't speak Tongan. And then like, you know, um, this is like an, uh, this is a real common saying that Pacific kids have. They're like, oh, sorry, I can't speak my language. I'm plastic. And so that, that mindset is real. Like, you know, that, like it's a that shame self-sabotage and... kind of mindset. And I'm like, all good. Like I grew up plastic and now I'm not plastic. So, you know, it's not your story. It's not the end of the world. Like you you can change the narrative and shift the focus. You just got to put in the work. And you're talking about language here. How important is it for you to, to I guess, honour that and keep 
the language side of things alive in your work because that's a big part of keeping a culture mm-hmm. alive. Yeah, very, very important. It's kind of what underpins the work that we do because at the end of the day, we're trying to get our language statistics up and get our language thriving. And um, we're all diaspora children, so we didn't get the luxury of growing up in the homeland. So um, with that, I've, I've brought in, like we, me and Sally have brought in a cultural advisor and she's like the best of the best. Like, honestly, she's so good. Her name is Luffy. Um, and she's been checking all the cultural content in our show, and she's like, oh, you you wouldn't say this. Can we change it to this uh-huh. word? Or she's like, grammatically in Samoan, this is incorrect. Right. Can you switch it? And Or can I offer this suggestion? So it's been awesome having her in the process and having her on the floor. Um, that, it kind of just gives us an extra like safety net, if you will, like for culture. Has it been quite a learning experience? It sounds like it. Yes, absolutely. Like she's just opened our eyes and gone like, don't say this, don't say that. And yeah. then she's like, this is my pet peeve when people make slang in our, in our language, like when they change it to this, but it's grammatically incorrect. So she's kind of keeping us on track. And she she actually went through the whole script and she's like, you forgot the macrons and the um, the glottal stops. And she's like, those are kind of what separates us like from other languages. So like, let's, can I add them in? And we're like, Get yes, go for it. And so she, she did her thing, did a pass on it. And now we're in a good shape. Well, that's very exciting. We'll bring it on. We'll be at Mangari Art Centre from the 31st of January until the 3rd of February, so that this, this coming week. There are five shows. Tickets are still available, and all that information is on our Culture 101 webpage. That was writer, creator, producer, Lecky Jackson-Burke. Thank you so much for your time Thanks, today. Thanks, Thank you.